My name is Matt Brown. Start the show. Productive Conversations Podcast. What's happening, everybody? It is Thursday, June 17th, 2021, and we are ready for a fantastic episode of this program. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations Podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on our website, ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. Um, and on that website, you can see the links to all our podcasts, the videos to all our podcasts, the blogs I've written, 
You can see nice little synopsis and write-ups about each episode. You can see our merchandise store thanks to our friends at Zazzle. And you can just enjoy the experience that the Productive Conversations podcast produces for you. And you can check it out exclusively on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Before we get into the fun of this classic episode, I just want to say huge congratulations to my youngest brother, Tommy Brown. You graduate high school today. That's right. My youngest brother, Tommy, graduates high school today. Norwalk High School class of 2021. And I am so proud of this kid. What he's been growing into, such a bright young man who will be going to Wagner College to play college football and play quarterback. Words cannot describe how much I love you, bro, and how much I admire you, and you really inspire me. You are turning into one incredible human being. Caps off to you. Congratulations to mom and dad. You were able to successfully have three kids graduate high school, and you two should be proud of yourself. And congratulate. And congratulations to all the graduates of the class of 2021 and your parents. Who would have thought that we'd get to this point? But we did, and we're very blessed and appreciative for it. So again, Tommy, congratulations on graduating high school. I love you, bro. And now today's show, we have a very special guest. St. Wave is coming on the Productive Conversations podcast. And who is that? It's my friend Austin St. Ville, who is a rapper, the Saint Wave movement is something he created. He is Saint Wave. He just dropped a new album called Radiation, which is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and anywhere where you can listen to music. And we had a very deep, real, and special conversation. And in the cold opening and intro, you heard some of the tracks that are coming off of this album. And damn, words cannot describe how much I admire this guy. Words cannot describe how much I've seen him grow as an artist, someone who gives a damn and gives it all on the floor, and he's turned into one talented individual with an album that has great songs, great meetings, great production value, and once you get to learn about the intense obstacles that he overcame and his journey to get to this album, you will have a new admiration and respect for this man. Seriously, Words cannot describe how proud I am of him. And well, let's just get to it right away. Let's learn about Saint Wave. Let's learn about his artistry, his production, why he became a rapper in the first place. And of course, we will get into his new album, Radiation. So with that, Saint Wave, it is your turn. Let's start the show. It is an important show. It is a great show, and this is what the Productive Conversations podcast is all about, showcasing the world's greatest people and being productive with it. And having said that, I have a huge upcoming rapper, performing artist, and a great friend, and I'm very happy he's here to join us. St. Wave, welcome to the Productive Conversations podcast. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are we doing? So man, B, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good, man. Long, long day. It's been like long days ever since the album dropped, really. So that's right. Yeah. I can hear you. And we're going to get into that as the show progresses. But yeah, man, long days. You'll tell me first before we get into this, mm-hmm. as we get to know you and uh, show this audience how of much of a talented stand up guy you are. Mm-hmm. You just talked about long days. 
how is someone in your position for what you do, balancing your career, balancing your aspirations and, you know, living it up? How do you handle long days and everything that's going on in this world, in your world? Man, honestly, I guess the only way to really handle it is to be mindful of a of like, I guess your state at their state of mind at the time. Cause you know, mm-hmm. it definitely gets overwhelming, but it's good to, like, it's good to shut down for a little bit. So a lot of people feel like they shouldn't and they try to avoid that. But I, the second things get like, things get like, uh, like overwhelming for, uh, for me, I have to take a chill pill and just lax. And that's why, then that's something I prioritize. Like I either write or just, just chill out completely. Mm-hmm brain dead <laughs> like watch something or watch something youtube whatever but let my mind rest for a little bit yo it's funny you say that there was a long time maybe up till a few years ago where i thought you know you have to work through everything you have to be 24 7 multitask can't breathe i can only sleep for an hour type shit and there are a few and i'll say important rare people who can't pull it off but, you know, who, how much are they really happy at the end of the day if they do that? And as I've gotten older, understanding mental health more, mm-hmm. I think it is more important to give your mind and rest a break than trying to push through that pain and stress because it just really just adds on to, you know, a broken body that will break down even more if you really fight through it. So I and think it's important you said that. And um, what do you have to add on to that? The thing is, it's like it's um when you take the time out, the step back is the thing that really helps you figure out what you're going to do the next day. Because like when you're living a chaotic lifestyle, which is what I'm doing right now, yep. I get lost in the sauce all the time, like all the time. So until I like chill out, like I don't even see the whole picture half the time. So like you're living in it so much like you're getting frustrated and you're cycling through those thoughts of frustration and stuff like that. But the second you, you take a step back, you look at the whole thing, like, what do I really got going on? Uh, that's where you kind of piece things together. And then, they, you know, the journey gets clearer again. Yeah. And it puts everything into perspective. That's why you have to take the break for it. You might miss it if you're piling through it. And yeah, you might not even appreciate what is happening in front of you if you're constantly going through it. Like, cause that's what happens with me too. Like, I didn't like, I had to take, I had to like sit back and be like, yeah, honestly, I am doing all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it might not look the prettiest. It's kind of hectic or whatever. But as of right now, like, if I was like thinking about what I want to do at twenty, this is kind of it. Like, I'm making what yeah. I want to make and putting stuff out. Like, I get to talk to who I get to talk to whenever I need to reach him. Like, you know, calling friends, like talking to you, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Running into you and Sam that night when you guys picked me up from the airport. Like, <laughs> I still get to do things like that. So. Right. Like, so, yeah, so I find it important to take that step back, look at the grand picture of everything, and that way you appreciate things a little bit more. It's real as fuck what you say there, and I feel the same way with this as, you know, we're both pursuing things and continue to grow our craft that has to do with audio, you with music, me with talk and podcasting. And at this point, really early on in our careers that you and me could connect with, um... I think we can agree that, you know, we are doing what we are doing, maybe not for a lot of money right now. And maybe because we do have to balance other things to keep afloat because income, the government forces you to to keep moving with uh, an income. Mm-hmm. But I think it, you make a good point. We are doing what we're doing, even if it's a struggle now. But talk to me about what keeps you motivated and what makes you believe in yourself 
to make sure despite that that this can be your this will eventually be a full-time thing for you and grow like what keeps you motivated for that even through you know the worst of times Shit. um well it's the therapeutic release first off of like making music is the thing that's important to me because i found it in a time i was going through a lot of stuff so when i made that switch into music i was going through things and writing was the thing that helped me release those things and i just forgot about them, you know or like just they became a thing of the past so it helped me make things that were present that were bothering me a thing in the past so that's the thing that's motivating for me as well as the fact that like i want like it's it's the people that like put faith in me like the people that really like stuck by me through each one of these steps it's like they're all great people doing great things and they see greatness for me so like it's really just a battle with me and myself at the end of the day about how i go about it and making the things i want to make and stuff like that so really the thing that motivates me is kind of just making people who have been supporting me proud damn that's that's authentic and wholesome and you know there's a famous famous quote and reiterated in Kendrick's at the end of damn the last track that I used to think it was me versus the world, but it really is me versus me because the world's not changing no matter how in ways. I mean, we hope for it, but you know, the general population of what the world is, the real world is always going to be a tough, dark, Mm. awful place that will test you no matter how successful you get in your craft. That's true. Now we can change we can try to change people and movements, but the idea of the world being a tough place will never change. But you deciding yourself into it and pushing through for yourself so you can motivate yourself to succeed despite that world being fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. And for our special crafts that we've been lucky enough to have a passion for, as I said, me with podcasting, yeah. you with music, that's what keeps us mototivated despite the criticisms and despite the uh, obstacles there, that overcome that. one key thing that does motivate me. I forgot about though. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, honestly, it's paying back my student loans with music. I like vowed to do this. I was like, they're like the dollar that they get from me is when this, when one of my songs blow up and I reach 31 million streams. Cause that's what the number is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 31 million streams. Like, and once I hit that number, pay off my student loans and shit, and that's the thing that really drives me as well. Cause it's like, it's a statement to, I like, it's a statement to how I think the education system is just, is just baloney. Like, I think it's just fake and stupid. It doesn't, I don't think it really benefits that modern day kid or like, I don't know if it benefits anyone ever the way they went about it. But right now I think it doesn't work. So I want to like be a staple for that. Like I believe kids should go to college and stuff. I really do. But I just think it shouldn't be forced on them that way. I think there should be a way for them to figure out what they actually want. Oh man, dude, that's music to my ears too. It's, it's, it's the same shit I deal with. And like some of these, especially the private loan providers, they don't care if you become a hitman. <laughs> they just want you to give the money to them. They, don't they, do, fuck not you up. they do not care. And proving to pay that due with it. I think that's that's admirable goal for that. And I feel the same way in, in how career and life's been because, you know, this is a passion I always knew I'd follow myself into with podcasting while I was still pursuing my career in TV production. And while that was on hold because of this thing called the pandemic and life 
mm-hmm. find this other passion for it. Well, and I want to prove to my the way my last job ended. I worked at A and E, and I quit, and I quit without two weeks' notice because I was miserable there, and I didn't like it. And I got this opportunity to work at a casting department, knowing that it may or may not work. I know if it does work, we're set. But when I left and, you know, probably the people on LinkedIn who saw me and the job and what they thought, it was uh, a tough ship. And then the casting depot where I was at, which was a pleasant and I learned so much, it didn't pan out. And I only had the show to fall back on. I created it, you know, nine months after the, my career uh, hit the pause button. And yet, like you said, to pay back with those student loans with that chip on your shoulder, it's me to the people I left because I, I didn't want to do something that society told me I had to stay in this job for an income. I wanted to do what I want to do. And that's enhanced more with doing the show. And it is, and I don't regret my decision for it, even through the insane obstacles that has caused but I just know this show that's a motive for somebody listening and obviously connecting us together. And I was wondering, is that something also similar with what you were saying with uh, the loans and stuff and just having the chip on your shoulder to prove people wrong? Yeah. And- Cause I, I feel like uh, I'm easily relatable. Like I've done all the things that you could do without being in the street. <laughs> like, right. like I've done the different, I've done different jobs, the odd jobs, like, mm-hmm. um, finding like finding random opportunities on like craigslist and stuff like i've done like all the things you could possibly think of to like construction like janitor mm-hmm. uh, like um selling makeup like i've done so many different things and i end up i even did accounting like I, the last job that I, that I really cared about like i did like the job i did like doing it and stuff it wasn't that bad but like going into work and like it being dark and coming out and it's still like the sun's going down everything like that mm-hmm. like it's like dep- it was depressing. Like I never saw any. I didn't have windows in my office. Like it was depressing. Like I just felt myself going into a dark place, and I didn't quit that job. But uh, my contract ended, and when they came to talk about whether or not I was gonna follow it back up, I always end up having these random trips planned around the times of like leaving jobs. <laughs> it's not like I don't think I plan it like knowingly, but like right. I'll leave a job and then like have a trip to like. Florida or Cali or LA or something, whatever. And it just happens that way. Yeah. So I ended up disappearing for like two weeks. And when I got back, the job just wasn't there for me anymore. You know, mm-hmm. took that as like a blessing in disguise. And I was just living off doing random little shows and gigs. I got off people. I like off of people I met doing shows. Yeah. So I was doing a bunch of odd jobs in my last few months in Connecticut. So I definitely understand what you're saying in terms of like, things not being the thing you're not being passionate about these certain things because i really wasn't i was just bouncing around at all these things just to make sure i didn't like them you know what i mean like like yeah I got all those reassurance i got all the reassurance in the world i was like yo man i've done everything you could possibly do minus like a doctor you yeah, know right. in the hospital for a little bit like mm-hmm. i've done all that stuff to see that and i was like you know what like nothing feels the way as dropping a song feels like for me nothing. yeah I my degree that's that's the thing the special connection you and me have St. Wave is the fact that what this can be a valuable interview because we are doing what we love, despite not hitting the big communities yet. Strong word yet. Yeah. Now what's great about podcasts and interviews and we see people who have made it like if 
Drake talks with the Breakfast Club or something, or I see uh, Bob Odekirk talk to Howard Stern. Now, these two individuals made it. They're successful. So it's easy for them to reflect on, you know, the era that we are currently in. Mm-hmm. And this why this is a valuable episode is because though we aren't um, big names yet, this is a rare episode where we're talking about doing what we love until we hit that special moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what's special about this today. And I'm glad we can express and have that connection being honest to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, we talked about doing this for mad long. I was like, no, I'm not, not going to do it until I finish this album. I was like, I'm not doing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to come on here until I finish this album. I was like, I was like, I wanted to have something to really show, like to really talk and like, because you were you were there when I really started, like legitimately started. The Echoes of Blood's Kurt Cobain days, man. Yeah. So like, yeah. So that's like I was saying, you were right there when I started this, mm-hmm. this whole thing. So it's like, I'm like, no, nah, man, I have to. Like, you're starting this podcast up. Like, I have to finish something to bring there, and it can. I felt like I felt like it would be more wholesome of an interview in that way. Definitely, and that's and we are definitely going to get into that and focus on radiation, which again is available on all streaming platforms. Sorry, yeah, on all music platforms, yep. which includes. You could tell us, tell us one more time, and we'll obviously go throughout. Tell us where we could find your radiation. Find everything. Uh, you use YouTube. It's on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer. Uh, I'm trying to get it on Pandora. It's actually not on Pandora yet. They have to hit. They have to email me back. But excellent. Yeah, yeah Pandora like, took me for a while to get the podcast on there. They, are, they do some weird process, or whatever. But there is Bandcamp. Bandcamp actually is my favorite uh, one, just because it's very personal. Yep. So usually through the streaming platforms, like you have to wait a certain amount of time to get paid out for what you do. Mm-hmm. But with Bandcamp, it goes directly to me. So like your 10 bucks you spent on my album, it could be like my meal for the day, like immediately. All right. Then, yeah, well, shouts to that. So definitely check it out on Bandcamp. And uh, before we were, I want to definitely talk about the start of your career and what got you into music. I also just want to show you one last thing. One thing that's on a corner of my wall. I don't know if you can see this under Letterman. It says 10,000 weekly listeners in five years, which is what I want to do because that's where a lot of show, a lot of podcasts and networks who buy shows, that's the average when you get bought. So we had 2,000 downloads and uh, we're still going there. Not 2,000 weekly downloads, but we are getting to that. But I know about that as you said, keeping that goal in mind and focusing that vision board. That's why I have this here. So, and we're hitting it no matter what, and we're going to pull this off, my dude, you really will. And then the special interview where we are talking about pulling it off before we do it. Yeah. 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 We're we're, going to be, it's going to be in person somewhere real nice. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Somewhere real nice, man. I'm going to be so like, I plan on like hitting it big and pulling like a Kendrick where like he just disappears at a time. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. funny how you say that. Yeah, damn drop four years ago, like um just disappears at a time, like and it just comes back with like I want to be able to see the people I want to see. Like this is the reason why I want to do it. It's like you know, you meet people on the way on this journey, and I want to spend time with them and I want to have the chance to do that. So like I want to like make it I want to make, make it big, but like be like low-key almost like a J. Cole in a sense, where like I spend a lot of my time with people like you and stuff like that. Like you guys see me, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's funny how the biggest, most legendary names, if you think about their prime, they're more quiet after they do their thing. Like a Leonardo DiCaprio, who we've talked about many times, you don't see him in the paparazzi. You don't see him 
you know, on Instagram. He's just making movies when he has to. And I think that that says something about something like that, as you mentioned, uh, Kendrick and other artists who, you know, know their best when they are needed rather than, you know, just showing up there. And I think I hear what you're saying with that. And I also don't want to I-, I said I hope to be famous. I hope this becomes a famous podcast for the for good. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to, you know, abuse that fame either. I just want to prove my time and prove the worth for it. And we're going to do it. I really believe that no matter even if it takes me till I'm 55 years old, and that'd be some time, but I just want to yeah, make it. That's happen. the mindset, though. That's the mm-hmm. mindset. Like to me, it, like, just, there's no talking to me about not doing music. There's no conversation to be had. Yeah. Like, it's like it doesn't it goes if it goes in one year out the other. There's no such thing as a plan B for me right now. Like, right. Like, I don't care. Like, my degree is still at school. I never picked it up. <laughs> it's still there. Like, <laughs> so, oh man, and that's what that's, how, that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it. It's like I don't care how long it takes me. Like, I'd rather go slow and figure it out than speed it up and mess it up in the future. But like, oh I, yeah, yeah. So like, I feel good now. I think the way you're looking at it is the right way of looking at it. Like, like having a goal that's like concrete, like a number like that, like ten thousand monthly listeners, and like, mm-hmm. and five years. Like for yep. me, it's like. 31 million streams <laughs> like like that's that's the one thing i see like you know once i get there then we'll figure out what comes left from there like you know your, your your wants and your goals change after that so and we could appreciate something like that a little more like you ever notice when it comes with people with fame they say the person you are when you become famous you're that person for the rest of your life within fame mm-hmm. for instance like a brian cranston He's always a working actor, mm-hmm. but when he and Walter White changed everything, yeah. a true living legend, the man was in his mid fifties. And with that, he's more humble and not, you know, being a dumbass, getting caught doing some shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every, you know, younger person who gets famous does that. There's plenty of examples of people who have a head on your shoulder, but I think we'd have a more valuable appreciation and respect from audiences by making it, you know, when we're meant to make it. And that's why not putting an age on my goal as a podcaster and uh, being a producer in TV. That's why I decided not to put a specific number anymore. Happens what it happens. But as long as I'm focusing, working every day, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're kind and you work hard, good things will happen. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, too. And and uh, if you feel similarly. I'm, I mean, uh, the album coming out is purely is an example of that. Like for me, that's why it's kind of important because like. I'm making music with a bunch of people and doing it for like a few, like for years, but like there's certain people you meet that you really connect with. And like, you do favors here, you do favors there. And like, um, like this person helped you here and like none of that stuff gets forgotten. And then it like all, like when I released it, it was like all those people had reached out like, Mm -hmm. And like some people called me versus like sending a text or anything. It was just like, yo, like I'm so happy for you in this album and stuff like that. And like, you know, when you start your grind, everyone is kind of like your whole worry is about the friends that you have that don't immediately support you. Right. You know, so you go through that headspace of like, yo, do they even care about me or this, that, and the fourth? And then it's like you get to a point where it where uh, you probably get to a piece of work where you're truly proud of and stuff and without even them listening to it they're already 
happy for you. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that just goes to say for the consistency and the work ethic, like you're talking about, like just putting your head down and never shifting off of who you are. Cause I just, I, the people I've met through this thing is people I would want you to meet. Like who I would feel comfortable with you meeting and stuff like that. Like, it's not like I met people that don't fit my, like, you know, my scene that I've had my entire life, you know, like mm-hmm. they're in different places in their life, which is great, which is why I work with them, you know, but they're people I feel like you can talk to and have relate to. And like Sam could talk to you relate to, or guy could, or yeah. uh, Brad, whoever. So, um, yeah. So to, you know, to answer your question, like, I feel like that idea of like, you know, putting your head down, being kind and like just being who you are, being authentic and putting that work in, it always comes back tenfold and, it's different for everybody because everyone moves at a different pace. Yes. You know, so. We're racehorses. Racehorses, if you if anyone notices, they have their eyes covered so they can just focus on the road or the track. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see you and me with it. We just focus on the track with it. And it will. And because we know our worth and because we know we have talent, we know someone who created those opportunities will recognize it and we'll be where we're at. So. It's going to be a great journey, and I'm really proud of you, St. Wave. I really am. Thank you, dog. Proud of you, too, man. Mad episodes in a row. It was like 200 or something. This is number 80. This is number 82. So, yeah. How many days was that? It was 80. How many days in a row were you doing it? Um, This is so if we're going by weeks, we've done, with the exception of two weeks off, we've done about 35 straight weeks of at least two shows. Fire. Yes. And when we started the show in October. So, yeah, about 30, 35 straight weeks with at least a show. Fire. With the exception of two other weeks where we had breaks. But besides that, just straight. And we're all, I will say, I've always recorded a podcast, even in my weeks off. I've had, I've still recorded a podcast. So, yeah, 35 straight weeks of at least recording. And we're not stopping anytime soon. No. <laughs> no. So, that's where we're at here. But I'd love to hear the start of your career, Saint Wave. Let's just ask the blunt question. What made you decide to go into music and pursue it? Um, a lot of help from some friends to say that much, but uh all right, so I wanna say it's like yeah, sophomore year. I wanna know junior year of uh college. Junior year of college, going through it, grades are going up and down, fluctuating. And uh like I was having a hard time and shit, like mostly feeling out of place with the whole thing. And um, I was seeing the school's psychiatrist at the time, like the one at the school had and stuff. And really? uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was it was it was for a little bit. Like once it was for a little bit, and then she had gave me some advice to you know go home and like just relax and stuff like that, right? So I had gone home, and I was just looking through old stuff. I found this notebook that. Uh, English teacher wrote for me in high school. Mm-hmm. Like she gave it to me, like she gave it to like her classes, people in her classes and stuff. And she wrote things to him. And like on the first page, it was just like, it was just one page. And it was like, Austin, you have a very creative and complex mind. And it's something that should be shared with people. And you should always remember to continue to write. So at that same time, my friends at home were making music. Like, uh, like guy was Braz was and everything like that. So Mm-hmm. it kind of just like I kind of just started writing verses and they led into tracks and stuff like that we were we used to make tracks in high school and stuff like messing around because my boy Nolan makes beats so 
we used to really make stuff like at like in the during the summer and stuff and hang out. But you know, I wasn't taking it serious at the time. You know, I was college. That was it. That was it and stuff like that. But at that point, I had found that book. My friends were making music, and I kind of just started there. But I was managing a producer at first, and he we were having trouble selling his beats. He asked me if I can get on one of them, and that first song was Echoes. Mm-hmm. So Echoes was that first song, and then like Kirk Cobain was probably two or three songs after that. Yep. And that's what made my first EP, whatever. And like that's what came out of my first. That's what ended up being my first EP. And I haven't really stopped since then. Oh, and I have to give I have to give a shout out to uh, Owen and Dylan. Because mm-hmm. when I was living with them, I was giving them like they would ask me opinions on creative things that they were working on, like for school and stuff. And Justin uh, and Dylan, when I was talking to them, that's when they were like, yo, honestly, bro, you should probably look into doing something more creative. So all of those things kind of happened in that same like year. And which year was this? 2014, 15? 2014, I'd say. Yeah, look at that. Now 2021 and your first album's out and keep moving yeah. forward with that. Yeah, I'd say 2014. Yeah. Cool. So 2014, the light sparks. You know what you want to do. You feel good about it. Talk to me. You, you made your first EP. Where do things go from there? How did audiences originally respond? And, you know, as the years have progressed to get to radiation, what was your journey like? Man. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so a lot of, a lot of shows, um, like paid shows, which sucks. Like where you have to pay money to give you a certain amount of tickets and you sell tickets and stuff. Yep. But I do those a lot and those sucked because not everybody would bring that many people. So it'd be like be it'd be me selling out my 15, 10 to 15 as it started off as because that's usually like the first you go. It's usually like your first time I'm going at it. It's usually around 10 or 15 people they ask you to bring. And I was bringing like I was bringing those numbers in and then like you get to a spot and like some people would bring three, some people would bring five, some people would bring two or whatever. So people would bring like someone else would bring like eight or nine or something. But like it was, those shows kind of suck because everyone would kind of just leave when their person went anyway. Mm-hmm. you know so it was a lot of that but in the process um because i didn't really know much about creating music myself i was working with people so with working with people sometimes it's like you got to work with them in their own time mm-hmm. and you know if they had stuff going on it'll kind of slow down my like my process and stuff so i dealt with a lot of frustrations with that where it was like just trying to get things out get things finished and stuff and dealing with personalities and things yep. like that so Honestly, it was very draining. There was times where I felt like um, that, like, maybe I shouldn't, like, maybe I shouldn't, like, work with people anymore and work with myself only. But then the main thing in my head was that, like, I did this to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just defeated the whole purpose. So, like, I just kind of, at one point, I kind of just, I got lost and I wasn't having fun anymore. And I was always putting my issues onto the people that I was trying to work with and stuff. And I found out, I found that to not be fair, but at the same time it was new to me because I was doing everything myself. And then I had people that kind of joined in, in the journey, you know, like you meet a bunch of people and when they come into the journey, like I was getting used to how it was working with people. And I didn't really realize that in the process, you know what I mean? Like I didn't realize what I had. I took things for granted. 
like I got kind of I got kind of weary. I got kind of lost in the fact that like, oh, I'm dealing with this by myself, dealing with this with this person, dealing with that with that person. But it took me away from what how I usually work. You know, I forgot how I usually do things. I forgot the fun part of it and everything. So by the time I got to radiation, um, which happened because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I just had time to work, you know, and like it, I took back ownership of like my life instead of like relying too much on the people that were, you know, being kind enough to help me. Like I was taking things back into my own hand and like keep and like making things happen in that way. So radiation kind of came out of as a project that was rele- was releasing for me, but at the same time, it was fun. So that pro- project ended up being the fun that I needed to get back into music in the headspace I started at, if you know what I mean. I, I feel like I restarted. I like it. I like it. What do you think is the best personality trait you have that was able through within those seven years from start to now that made you, despite what you're saying and going through all those jobs, very stressful situations. And I'm sure some you've had your support, but I'm sure there's also who people who are not as supportive. And some people were just straight up assholes about it and saying you should do this or that. Yeah. What are like some of the personality traits that you were able to do, whether it's resiliency or focus or time management that got you to the position where you are today? I'd say the one is patience is the mm-hmm. key one of all. Um, Cause without patience, like I would have made a lot of just impulsive and detrimental decisions and stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say my resilience and also um, I just didn't take things personal. I never take anything personal. So I don't, I'm not too sure what the term is for that, like an exact trade or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's the thing that really kept me going because I never took anything personal. Like I just, at one point I just like switched that off and that's what made everything very easy for me. Cause it's like, everyone has their own thing going on. So it's it, like, it's bad timing. It's unfortunate events. Like if someone's trying to come, someone's trying to come to your show and has, car problems and can't make it anymore like that's not their fault like i can't hate on him for something like that you know like mm-hmm. the guy is trying to mix a song for me and his computer crashes like can't nothing about that like that's not him out to get me like this is just <laughs> this is what it is right. you know and i think those are the things that really kept me going and i think that's that's how i would sum up like how it is for me and we admire that we really do and especially the not taking things personally and understanding your path for it not a lot of people can do that. And sometimes I uh, can attest to that. But I think at the end of the day, and what you're really preaching is the fact that as long as you believe in yourself and things, will, as you said, the patience most of all, and don't worry about the rejection either. It's going to happen one way yeah. or the other. And don't worry about the timing as well, which, you know, equals the patience. Yeah, rejection. Like just, yeah, rejection, just leave that, just leave that alone because. A lot of the times, too, like, especially with music, it's like the people who are making it are usually the ones that are like people go to to be like, yo, what's on that playlist? Yo, what song was that that you showed me three months ago? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, how can I take that personal when it's like 
I was putting you on and stuff, and now I'm asking you to like accept my song. Like, you know, right. like you're not even ready for my song. I submit it knowing you're not even ready for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like it happened with uh, my song Pick Me Up. When I put Pick Me Up out years ago, like I put that out maybe 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. Or something, maybe 2019, I think I put that song out. And when I was submitting it to playlists and stuff like that, they would never pick it up. They would never pick it up. This past year, just out of shits and giggles, I just submitted them again. Each person has taken the song. Each person. Exactly. So it's like two years later, I'm submitting a song I made before. You guys were never hearing it. Now, like, it's easy. It just keeps getting approved. What a what a freaking amazing story. And I think that's the key that you that we have been saying throughout in the beginning of this episode is the fact that us believing in ourselves as long as you believe in yourself then other people will believe in you no matter how long it takes that was the case with this show too where i'm at right now and still very young and a lot of growing you know nobody want to give the some people didn't want to give the time of day and now that we're showing legitimacy and downloads are in the thousands people can now respect it's like okay this is a legit thing he's not just another person with a podcast and i'm still pushing and having that chip on my shoulder but for the good and not using it as a grudge i mean when i started so many people made podcasts in the pandemic i definitely remember another example of that mm-hmm. even if you're a celebrity so many people dropped it like every one of my local podcasts and people i've had on they're all done with it mm-hmm. but me i just know one thing this is all i can really hold back on until i work again and two i just know that this is getting me somewhere and i love it and i know others will and it'll be value for it and even if I have a show that nobody else likes, watches, or downloads as long as I did, then it's productive and hence brings to the conversation here. So <laughs> I know exactly what you mean and coming from. And again, that's why I mess with you and admire you. The fact that you just believe in yourself before lots of people did. It's always did. I mean, it's always, always going to be like that. And then there's, you got to have some decent, like some good people in your corner too to tell you when shit sucks. Absolutely. You know, like, um, cause that's something I had, I had dealt with too, where it was like, I had a few key friends that I strove, I like strive to impress. Like I was trying to make what I wanted to make, but I also wanted to impress them. So I took into, I took into, uh, consideration the things that they always told me. Cause they didn't give me, they didn't give me just like, I didn't like it. You know what I mean? They gave me exactly what they didn't like, you know, like they didn't just shoot it down. They're like, yo, you know, I didn't like it cause I could barely hear what you were saying, you know, or I didn't like it cause you know, like you put a lot of reverb on your voice and it's like, I like reverb, but like maybe I can find a way to balance it. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe I can find a way to make it clear for them. Like, I love reverb. Like that's something I can't give up. So I got to find a way <laughs> for you to <laughs> hear my vocals the way you want to hear them, but like not lose that, you know? So, um, yeah, I'll have a little bit of that in your corner too, because you people, you need something to strive for. That's not always numerical or, or, um, like material, you know, like, I think that's something that will help a lot of people is help me out. Like is having friends to be like, yo man, I really like it. If you rap a little bit more and you're like, you know, I'll work on the rapping then, you know, and I worked on it more and like, boom, and then started to sing a little bit more. I was like, you know, I like it when you sing a lot more. He's like, all right, well, I got to figure that out. Like, you know, like like you forgot how to do better melodies or whatever. And like, and I just kind of just started playing off that, you know, cause they're trying to please people, you know, but Mm -hmm. I want to please myself at the same time. I want you to listen to it definitely like that's the whole point the whole point is for you to enjoy it like like and you have made that and you know i remember when you started this i just believed you know whether i knew 
I always knew you had the passion and skills for it and talent. Maybe at first, you know, you started was all separated, but I knew eventually you would bring it together for something. I'm just so in awe of in radiation. And you're, I have this thing called the special playlist where I put my songs that I'm in phases love and will always put on repeat, almost like a re-listenable playlist. And uh, you have a few tracks in that list now with the likes of from a Kendrick Lamar and Drake and Biggie to Frank Sinatra and Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. or, uh, or, you know, John Williams movie tracks. Oh, man. You have some of your tracks in there, too. So Damn. that's why you earned it for that. And um, I know there's some more growth to go. So doing a great job, man, and seeing how much you've grown. It's it's, uh, it's inspiring. It really is, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Oh, man, that means a lot, bro. Because you, I know your taste is super eclectic. <laughs> yeah. You see right here in the last ones, the last five I have right here. I have Barry White, just the way you are, the Talking Heads, Roddy Rich, Juice World, DMX, and the Saint Wave is right in there too. So that's fire. That's exactly, fire. man. That that's on you, man. You are the one who created the music that I'll always have on repeat, and uh, it's just so incredible, dude. It really is. That's all I want to do is make people's playlists, bro. <laughs> hey. Yeah, and right here. Yeah, that's all I want, man. That's all I want to do is make some people's playlist. <laughs> Beautiful soundbar right there. So now that we are telling, we've told your story, we got to this point. Now let's focus on the making of radiation. And then I'd like to go track by track if you just tell me a little bit of a story. So, and you have three of your tracks in the intro, outro, and the, the sorry, the cold open intro and outro to this podcast so people can you know, take it and hear it. And again, don't forget to check it out on all streaming platforms. St. Waves is radiation. So you said this was a, this album was made as a result of the pandemic. Talk mm-hmm. to me, pandemic hits where are we at in our career. And once things are moving, when do we start recording and producing the album? So the thing about this album is it was not planned. I was working on another album like, like for like a few years, like trying to get it to work out with uh, with uh, my boys in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So, um, in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, in Hartford, Connecticut. Like my boy Marty and my boy Marty, and my boy Cherry. We had a couple, and my boy Miles. We had a bunch of stuff that I was working on with them, and I was just trying to find a way to make things work and piece the project together. And um, the pandemic hit, and I had just gotten back from London, so it worked out where. I had released Pick Me Up and a, like a DJ picked it up that was from France. And I got to go to London and meet the DJ. So we yeah. had done a bunch of shit while I was out there. And then when I got back, this, I got back probably like two weekends later or something like that. Everything shut down. They had shut down when I left. Like London was already shut down like like the week that I left. Really? So you were experiencing really early pandemic in another country. Well, they didn't even, they weren't even talking about it. I went out and had normal, like a normal like trip. Like it was a normal yeah. trip and everything. It was like once I like got back when they were just like, nothing's happening anymore. And then a couple of weeks later, we did the same thing. But um, when around March, when the pandemic had started, like I was, I was already making, like just making songs periodically, just making things periodically and stuff like that. But then, you know, uh, nothing else to do. I was right. smoking a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. Trip a little bit like in the basement and just like made things like just making random stuff and uh through 
a portion somewhere in the middle of that i had connected with uh this girl jamie nagod that went to uheart with us okay okay she was yep. giving singing lessons so i was like you know what i want to take singing lessons so she had taught me so she had taught me some stuff for singing lessons and i was using those things to link up with a producer named sterling who uh he produced uh facetime actually and uh and you know that's my track yeah so i was linking up with him and we made the first song together uh miss calls so miss calls was the first song we made to get was we made on the pandemic during the pandemic so like i made a bunch of music but in that process i had linked up with sterling and that's where the project started it started with him like i made miss calls with him i mean him produced the beat in the session and then i brought the track back to my house and i recorded it and that was the first song we made and uh that's kind of where like it started with that and then i had perched in Dobbin. this is this is so it's just so many details to this because there's like seven different producers <laughs> like on this project mm-hmm. like maybe six different engineers or seven different engineers or something like that like like every it's just no i say like maybe five different engineers or maybe i want to say but um it starts with sterling i made that song and i made facetime with him so those two songs kind of were the ones that were like the core around the project per se because like i had those two and i started filling it in with uh songs i was making in in just in the house so i made damn should i just go in the order <laughs> like yeah, my my thought was we would um, after you talk about like the general sphere of the production that we were gonna go track by track. But you uh, could also you could also explain. Yeah, go by order. Yeah, we'll make it's this. It's all all over the place. That would just be easier to talk about each song in the order for me. <laughs> okay, then we'll do that. We'll do go track by track, um, shortly. But anything uh regarding the also the the whole the, and whole the experience the whole sphere before we hit each track. Like what was just some of the special lessons you learned and what um, fulfillment and wholesomeness did you get out of now reflecting on radiation, which will always be in our sphere for the rest of our lives. Yeah, so, so talk uh, to guess, me about that. All right. So I guess the, the overall thing about it that I would sum it us, sum this all up to is uh, um, it's knowing yourself and sticking to it is the first thing. So um, if you hear my first things like echo, troposphere and stuff like that, like I love trippy music, like I love having distorted vocals and stuff like that. So, but people really love uh, having my like raw vocals. And I do like my, I do like my vocals usually, but um, I just never really ended up putting those things out, you know? So over the years, like my real voice started to, started to come out and I started to use it more, mm-hmm. but I also enjoyed having my vocals distorted and I wanted to give it purpose now rather than like just doing it just because so with this project i got to do best of both worlds of my interests where it was like things that were chill vibey and groovy and then things that had like a heartbeat that i could like just put some style over you know and that's and i got to do that in this project and it was what made it special to me is a friend of mine is the one i put in perspective my boy miles because i didn't know i had an album i didn't know (laughs) <laughs> like i just showed him the songs like yo bro, bro, bro check this out like and i showed him the songs he's like bro this is an album bro like you should treat this like an album this is you should treat this more serious like give it more respect you know <laughs> you know and um that's when i went back to it and i really looked at it as such so then i 
pulled all together all the people and resources I had and I had like six different people or whatever that were working on it and and then I had a friend that like my friend Dr. Cherry had did a final master on all the masters people did to make mm-hmm. it cohesive so he cut things up to make it sequence in a, in a certain way and then he made it sound cohesive so I that's the most thing I'm proud of about it is how well I was able to take these different people and still get something I wanted exactly how I wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, cause everyone thinks that one person produced the whole thing or that one person is the one that engineered it and it's not. So to be it able really to does like, take a village, huh? Yeah. So, the, so, the, so to be able to connect different people and make things fit and stuff and put it in a way that is digestible that I know shows both sides of who I am. Like that was my favorite thing about this whole project is like, I can't, I can hundred percent stand by it. Like if you're mad at it, you're mad at me, you know? <laughs> and you're out here, man. That's again, it's nice to make that uh special reiteration is showing that, Hey, yeah, it takes a village to make this happen for good. And well, look at what um, has happened for it. And this is just the start, my dude. So with that, let's hit track by track and just tell me of course like the special message tell me you know initial thoughts of the track if you want to say you know uncover some lyrics so it can wind up on genius later and they can refer back to this show (laughs) let's hit that so nine tracks about 27 minutes again on all streaming platforms whether spotify apple music uh you can check it out on youtube Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Let's have some fun with it. So opening track is Judy. Talk to me about Judy. Who is Judy and what is the song about? Oh, all right. Let's go. Talk to me about Judy. Yeah. So the song is kind of just like an observation kind of track. Like just like it was just a a temperature check of like what's what it's like for me out here. Like what I see when I'm outside, like Mm -hmm. and like the things I'm noticing and things I'm picking up. So it was more so of a setting for everybody. And I looked, I used that song as a setting and I named it Judy because um, my boy who made the beat, Iwin, my yep. boy Iwin, he made the beat and he's a lo-fi producer. So um, when I heard it, I, when I, I had written stuff down and then it wasn't a complete song, heard the beat and then made a whole song to it. And uh, like the, when I finished it, like, because he had to put a sample in between of, like, a mom being like, oh, I'm just glad that my son made it home and da-da-da. And I was like, you know what? Like, I got to call this song Judy. Like, this is, like, how my mom, like, my mom wants me to come home. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She wants to make sure I make it home. And I'm and the song is about the atmosphere. Like, the way I see things outside. Like, what are people are doing and uh, how just how gray it is outside. Because I feel like that song is, gives you, like, a gray feel. It feels great to me. And look at what it has evolved into a nice opening track that sets the tone for this awesome album. So do you have any other words regarding Judy before we go to the next one? Um, I mean, like the main, the main message, like the, the way I approach Judy, the way, the way, the reason why it's the first song is because of, of the tone it gives is welcoming. So I wanted to like, it draws you in when you're listening to it. You're like, okay vibe cool like and it opens it's like a it opens up very well so that's pretty much it for me with that one but that's what it's about it's just about an observation about the setting the way the world is how i view the world and that's what that song is 
I love it. Love it, man. Big fan. So now we've next is Anti-Social Social Club, where you have it featuring Whitney Nicole. Um, so far, a big uh, attraction. Probably is is it does it have the most streaming streams as yeah. a track so far? Honestly, that I never had a song that grew like this one. Like, it's been getting a nice traction for yeah. it, and I love seeing it. So talk to me about the song itself and talk to me about, you know, the early num- um, positive numbers you've been getting and the early success of it. So, damn, so with Anti-Social Social Club, um, that song was just, I'm going, was going through it financially, but like, I didn't feel down in spirit, you know? Um, so that song being the second song, I felt like it was a perfect ble- bleed into the coming off of Judy, where it's like, I'm showing you what the environment is and stuff. And then it's going into how I see it perspective wise. So when you think about it, like, um, um, with that song, like it encompasses the, like it encompasses the vibe of what it feels like for someone who isn't necessarily down completely and going through things. It's more of a song that like gets you through those emotions. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like, I knew that like I was going to get out of this mess, you know, I knew I was going to get over it. And that's what, um, that's the point of the song. The song like, was like and i try to make it in a party setting because that's usually where you know people that's usually where people go to relieve stress and shit and that's why i wanted to make it kind of like a chill party vibe kind of without like kind of like a a gathering between friends that's the vibe i kind of associated with it and you didn't really want to be out because you're going through what you're going through but you felt like if you did step out it would kind of make things pass it's funny how that always works Usually most of the time when I think something's going to be whack or bad, it turns out to be either a lot of fun lessons learned. Of course, sometimes I was right in my, in my predictions, but most of the time we're amazed at uh, what else it gives. And seriously, much success to this one. I just like it. I like your future. How did you um, link up with this Whitney Nicole? It was Instagram. Honestly, we were talking back and forth on Instagram and um we were sharing each other's stuff and listening to each other's music and stuff like that and uh she was releasing songs and she was like oh you know i'm working on new stuff anyone has anything they want to work on let me know and i was like you know what i think i have a song you might like i'm not sure whether or not you fit it or whatever but like this kid uh this kid i met on on instagram too i think uh smusque who produced the beat like i bought the beat um recorded to it with Sterling and then I just had it held in my like email and then I sent it to her and she just smoked it like and just smoked it and sent it back and she caught the feeling of it and everything where it was like was it supposed to be a it was supposed to be like a depressive song but it's supposed to be like a hopeful song because like one of the one of the lines in the song is like storms will pass that's how I'm feeling right now and I know that's the point it's like yeah this I'm pretty depressed right now but storms will pass that's how i'm feeling right now you know like shit's fucked up but like it's just a storm every storm comes every storm goes it'll be back again too right. when it comes back play anti-social social club again <laughs> you know i love the energy and passion for it and i yeah we all really go through it i that's think it joint. um that's the joint and it's based off like the stats like i've been paying attention to the analytics and stuff and and they say that you're supposed to have like uh, you're supposed to have on average like 10%, I think it is, of like your list of like your listens should be like 
should save your song or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm at like 30%. Yeah. If not more right now. And like, I thought that that was super cool. Cause like I had to email, the, I had to email like a friend of mine. Cause like I had like gotten onto a playlist and I emailed it, got a playlist and I was like, bro, the numbers on this song is going crazy. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I like emailed him. He was like, Oh shit. He's like, they must really like your shit because I have not seen this. <laughs> like, I, seen this I put a mouth songs on the playlist and this has never really happened like this before. So good for you, bro. And I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> you know, but uh, that song is just, that song is one of my personal favorites. Like it's got, I listen to it when I'm feeling in that headspace. Yeah. And we all have done it. We've all gone through, we've all gone through shit. And it is just a nice, another gracious example of putting that emotion into art and look what it has caused for you, man. And before we just get on the other tracks, I just want to quickly hit on when you're meeting collaborator collaborators on Instagram, which, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned here, whether producers or features mm-hmm. and um, well, I mean, look at what's caused from it. And, you know, Way back when anyone's making music, you couldn't really hit somebody up on the internet like that to collab, give you the track and you put it together. How do you like this uh, way of life for you as a musician and a performer? How do you like the collaboration process when it comes to people on Instagram? And what gives you the confidence to, you know, collaborate these people who do put the stuff out there? Is it because you feel so good about your music that you feel you can uh, make a connection or is it something else? Um, I'd say it's... Uh... I mean, like, you kind of build a little community for yourself on IG, you know? So, yeah. and all the other socials and stuff. And it's like, um, I think everybody forgets the aspect of social media that's social. So, like, it doesn't limit your, it doesn't, you don't have to limit yourself to the people you know and see all the time. If you wanted to do that, you would just go hang out with them, you know? It's funny so. you say that because I think more people think of social media negatively. But at the end of the day, it really is a silver linings and look at what great tool. The people here. I met on social media has changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at the whole so show. I, I mean, this show itself changed everything because social media. I have a guest I've never met in person, but because I've had it, them on the show and because they reached out wanting to collab, look what's happened. So there is they, a positive side. A lot of those times, those people look out for you in ways like your immediate circle hasn't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I, like, I love my friends and stuff, but, like, the, some of the things that people who have done for me, like, I, like, all right, so one of the people who is a producer on this album is just, who also is a girl I went to a scene in London. Her name's Pia. She's a mm-hmm. DJ. She's really dope. So Galaxy P. And uh, she, she had brought my song to Hong Kong and DJed there. And it got into the hands of another DJ that spins it. And now me and him have a relationship, too. And when I got to go to London, like she brought me to like the most fun shit. I went to like a palace gallery for Mm -hmm. like for the brand palace. And I got to go to like a Louis Vuitton, like after party. A Louis Vuitton after party, which we got kicked out of. But (laughs) can we quickly hear what happened there? Yeah, we got well, we we so she happened to be really cool um, with With Louis Vuitton with the with this kid that's like a designer slash model thing for like palace but also is a model for and designer for louis so we had gone to the plate this kind of like older 
like hotel countless older hotel that looks like a hell you know it's like a home you know yeah. like a brownstone home but like it's actually like it was actually like a club like like a club and we went gone here and had this party and we get in there and we are sauced like we're a wild sauce at this point and we're playing i'm djing from my phone like i'm, <laughs> I'm playing baby keem on repeat <laughs> like, I'm playing, I'm playing baby i can't play orange soda like four times <laughs> like right. just and she goes, she goes missing. She's like, yo, I'm going to go. and I'll, I'll be right back. She goes missing. I don't see her forever long, but I'm DJing. So I don't really care what's going on. And then I see this huge security guard show up and he's like, yo, you. And I'm like, me? <laughs> My man, uh, come here. Yeah, come here. So I'm like, I unplug, I walk over there and the kid who's hosting the event there, the, the kid who's hosting the event there follows me, whatever. And she's like, you were hurt? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, you two got to go. I'm like, <laughs> whoa <laughs> i'm like whoa hostile like, like, like hostile like, I didn't so we get outside and i'm like yo what happened and she was like so you know i ran it i walked past a bar you know and the bar was like there was no one attending the bar and i figured i'd go behind there and make myself a drink i guess they called it on camera <laughs> and they kicked they kicked us out and then we got lost in the uber Oh, we actually met a famous rapper, a famous London rapper, actually, in the street. Uh, Mo Stack. Oh, I've heard of him. That's real awesome. I had no idea who he was, and I was a dick. <laughs> he asked me for a lighter. I didn't have one. He asked her for a lighter. She said she didn't have one. And he was like, yo, you know who I am? And I was like, nah, bro. Don't know who you are. Well, like, you know, like, like, <laughs> and this was all in London, huh? Louis Vuitton party in London that you got kicked out of. Great yeah. video highlight right now, right here. So... Hey, lessons learned from it, right? Yo, it's funny as hell. It's funny as hell. But it's it, it's funny because like I'm on a playlist now that someone made, mm-hmm. and most stacks the first artist. What? In the playlist, he's the first person on the playlist. I'm like ten or something on that list or something like that. Like I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> oh my god, you know, you obviously know when you guys cross paths again, you have quite the story. Oh uh, yeah, if that happens, I wonder. You, uh, maybe we'll remember. Maybe you won't. Mm-hmm. You know my London like three a.m. <laughs> you know what my favorite? When you say Louis Vuitton, and what you're thinking is from Kanye's "Send It Up" from Jesus. <laughs> and what's the lyric? Um, if I get quickly. Um. Oh man. He says, "When I go to work, it goes." Park they ass till the evening and when I go raw, I like to leave it in. When I wake up, I like to go again. When I go to work, she gotta call it in. She can't go to work, same clothes again. And the heart colder than the souls of men. Louis Vuitton on the toes again. Tight dress, stays it close to him. You guys set it up that much, huh? Oh, I love Jesus. Jesus was the very last physical album I've ever bought. I haven't bought an album since. All digital, obviously. What but... is the last digital album I bought? I mean, you mean last physical one? What is the last physical album? I, I went to Best Buy the day it dropped, got that shit, and I was rolling. Damn, I don't know what the last physical album I bought was. Exactly, right? Because, <laughs> like, I bought a few of it. It could have been Miguel. <laughs> I got bought. I might have. It might have been Kaleidoscope Dream. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it might have been that. It was that? Like, I don't even know how long ago that was. It might have been that. It could have. Nah, I mean, I bought YG. <laughs> I mean, I got, YG's crazy. I, I don't know what my last physical album was. Look at that, man. Well, shouts to uh, 
Kanye, honestly, and well, playing it, send it up. So back to your tracks. FaceTime, my personal favorite. I love the vibes it gives. Perfect drive it song. Perfect song to light up to after a long night. Talk to me about FaceTime. FaceTime. That's it. So FaceTime is produced by Sterling, uh, who also makes that song as well. Um, it's featuring this kid, Jay Rose. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't seen this kid since we made this song. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool dude. But um, I was going to sessions at Sterling's place and recording there. And he was he was working with another artist. He's like, yo, you guys should get in a song together. You guys should meet. And I had come to the crib to meet him. And we were trying to find a track for us to do together. And he had played the FaceTime beat. And I was like, yo, bro, nah, we got to do that one. We got to do that. This was fire. Mm-hmm. And I came up with the hook in that session. And then I went home and made the verse. And then uh, Jay had gone back and did his, he had started something there. When we were all together, we had all started something there, but we didn't finish it. All we had was the hook. And then we all went back to like our respective homes and stuff. And I recorded mine here. Uh, I recorded I recorded a version in my parents' house. Recorded again at Sterling's place. You know, got a little baked and stuff. We had a good time in the studio, like smoked some shit, chatted, whatever. And I recorded it. I recorded that verse again there. And uh, yeah, that's that's that song came about like that. It was, it was definitely I was definitely weird because uh, weirded out about it because I never worked with this kid before. Mm-hmm. And I just met him and stuff, and I really liked the song. And I remember texting Sterling and being like, "Yo, like." Like, can you like be can you like be a dick about it? Like low key. Like 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 like, like just like make Tell sure the it's truth. really good. Yeah, make mm. sure it's really good. Like I'm not saying don't I'm not saying like write his verse or anything like that, but like you know, be as critical as you would with him as you would for me. Cause you've been yeah. pretty critical with me. So like just treat him the same, you know? Like treat him the same. And I got the verse back and I was like, Oh, this is dope. Uh like oh, this is dope. Um, but yeah, I love that song too. That song was um that song I think is probably one of the most important songs on the album because if it, if it wasn't for that song and Miss Calls, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have one. Well, we're definitely glad you did. And when we hit to the next song, Sitcoms, what's the story behind that? <laughs> that's my shit. Ah, that's my shit. All right. Sitcoms was produced by Galaxy P. That's uh, the girl I met in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Pia. We, she has sent me this beat. I think she posted it on IG. Like, and I was like, yo, I think someone else was in that was in her IG comments too, who might be trying to get that beat too. But like, yo, bro, like I need this one. Like, I can smoke this one. Please send this beat to me. And she sent it. And I made three other songs to it. I could not find the song I wanted to make. Like I made it and I was like, you know what? This one is it's cool, but it's not hidden. Like, and I threw it out. And then I made a second one. And I was like, still not hidden. But I kind of got to the third one. I was like, you know what? At this point, the song's just going to find me. Uh, it's just going to find me, whatever. And then one day, I was lit. Like, I was in my basement. I was probably on to my second song or third song, I think, in the night. And I was trying to squeeze out one last song. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a smoke break. I'm going to come back to this beat that I keep, because I'm on a roll. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to just go smoke, come back to and look at this beat a whole other way. And... I started with uh, hate it when I go. She hates it when I go. Uh, she hates it when I stay, loves it when I go. And when I got to that, I was like, I stay, I go. So, you know, I was like, all right, boom, finesse. Smoked the whole song in that one set, in that one sitting, like smoked the whole thing. And I sent it to her. I think she was probably the, 
I think I might have, I sent it to Sterling, I sent it to her, I sent it to somebody else. And that song is legit about like the irony of the ending of a relationship where your girl is upset with you whenever you're around. But when you leave, she needs you to come back. Like you gotta come home. Like you gotta come back. Or like that's basically it's like that tug and pull, that tug and pull relationship, that toxicity where it's like, it's like, I don't want you to go out and have any fun. I'd rather you stay here with me. But when you're here with me, all you do is make me fucking mad and we fight all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I also don't want you to leave because who knows what you're doing when you leave me, you know? Like, and that's where that idea comes from. And like I call it sitcoms because it's like it's like watching a sitcom. You know the ending is coming. You know what the ending is going to be because that's how all sitcoms are. But you stay there and watch it crumble anyway. Look at that. And may I ask, like, this is has this been accumulation of relationships in the past and what other people have dealt with, too, and hearing various stories? Because I'm sure we've all mm-hmm. heard one story, whether we experienced it or heard someone else experience it like that. Combination of the two. Like, I've had a scenario like that where it was like, I love spending time with this person, but we were bumping heads about small little things all the time. Um, and I use that as like the basis, but um, with the content specifically, I was just pulling from scenarios I know of, like between people that are in my life, like that go through it themselves and stuff like that. So the premise of the song started there. I added death um, with, scenarios and situations with other people as well to kind of add more emotional depth to the song. But um, that's how I went about it. All right. That's what's uh, up, uh, dude. I like, I love that song too. My boy, Houston Clark, he, he, he mixed that one and mastered that one. And he did one great job. So another one and the, just, I get very important track on this album. Missed he actually, calls. He actually mastered Judy too. He makes a master Judy as well. Ooh talented guy right there yeah he's nice he's really dope everyone should check him out too all right so focusing on missed calls tell me about this important track as you've been alluding to and tell me why it's so important and what brings the story to the peak of this album and such (laughs) missed calls man so Miss Call is the first song uh, me and Sterling made together. Um, I had gone there and we uh, made the beat from scratch. Uh, watched, I watched him do a bunch of things that he showed, he showed me a bunch of things he uses. Um, and while we were making the track, I was like, damn, this is really moody. And I was like, I don't even know if I want to make a song with this person like like this. Because it was such a moody song in the, in the headspace I was in, I was writing some dark shit. Yeah. So I was like, damn, like, I don't, like, it's always weird having that experience with engineers and stuff where it's like, damn, like, my feelings are on a sleeve right now. And I'm about to just, like, sail in front of you. And you're about to be like, yo, what is this guy going through? Like, like, you right. know, like, mm-hmm. what the hell could you possibly go through right now? Well, with Miss Calls, it was like, um, I was kind of like, there was like, you know, there was a girl I was, like, talking to for a little bit. And... It was, I was getting to a point where it was getting frustrating, where it was like, um, we couldn't talk in a way that was, uh, that was like cool anymore. Like everything about the relationship at one point just became super toxic. And 
only at and it's like at one point only thing I really wanted was just like was just sex out of this whole thing, you know. But like you mask it with uh, you mask it with like emotions. Like your lust gets kind of jaded in the way, yeah. It jaded, and it was about that jaded feeling where it's like I want you, but like I only want you at like now, like around this time, like yeah. And the whole point of it was just like uh, she's my angel through the day, where it's like like through the day, it's like you can probably you can go through things super peaceful and shit like that you know and then at night it's like your demon side it comes out at night and you just you you want something so much more from this person that she's not trying to give you anymore you know so now she's like she's avoiding your call she's not answering anymore and this that and yeah. forth. Like, for all you know there's another guy in the picture you know mm-hmm. and um and it's like and maybe that maybe that's going well with that guy you know maybe things are going well right. with that guy but everyone masks their feelings everyone tries to be nice and I think they downplay the actual emotion, you know, the actual emotion of like when you really love or care for someone, you know, I think they downplay that emotion. Cause like, no, I don't want you to be doing well without me right now. Like, 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 <laughs> like no, I kind of want everything to be just as fucked up for you as it is for me right now. Like, nope. <laughs> you know, like, I think that that was like where I was coming from where it's like, no, nah, I'm going to give you exactly how I feel. Not like the sugar coated, like, yeah, you know, I hope I wish the best for you. Like, nah, not right now. <laughs> like now right now i kind of wish that like your tire is flat in the morning like i hope that like your dog sits in your shoe yeah. like, i hope the guy you're talking doesn't answer your text back like yeah and, like i hope you hit me back up and like my phone's on airplay mode and never goes through like, mm-hmm. like, it's funny how all these relationships especially past relationships can create so much frustration for us and and confusion and you know i think the reason why we get so upset with people who are in relationships before is because we gave them our heart and whether we fucked it up for them to not care anymore or they don't appreciate it enough it um it's really why it's so much emotions from these songs that have gone through pain and stuff i'm sure you connect that as an artist don't you think yeah um the premise of radiation was like how those scenarios um when you let them um sit in your mind or like ferment it has a re- it has a uh, effect on your surroundings so and your inner your inner being and your surroundings like mm-hmm. what you give out is what you get back so the energy that you are building inside from whatever these feelings are they just end up radiating yeah and in all different types of ways like they radiate they radiate off of you they radiate um they start to change you like mutate you like you become a different person like like, and there's layers to why I called it radiation. Cause it's like, as you get to the end of the project, and as you keep going, you, you're seeing change. And you're creating a much better for it. And also just on this song, it reminds me of the Frank Lowe. Well, you're, you're this, the story you're explaining and where you're going here. It reminds me of the Frank Ocean song, Nikes, where he's like, I may be younger, but I look after you. Yeah. We're not in love, but I'll make love to you. Yeah. When you're not here, That's I'll save some for you. I'm not him, but I'll mean something to you. I'll mean something to you. It's like, and you got a roommate, he'll hear what we're doing. It's only fucking if you're fucking him too. That's the vibes yeah. I get from this. Yeah, it was, that was, it was just that. It was like, oh man. <laughs> I, got, I just think back whenever I hear that song, I think back, I got a text from Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> And Bruno was like, 
damn <laughs> like, he was like this is toxic and i was like, <laughs> <laughs> was like this is fucking toxic i was like yeah i know i was like i know i didn't think people were gravitating to it that much though i really didn't i really did it like Why that was the song that actually a lot of people hit me up about a lot yeah. of people hit me up about that one it shows that yeah we we may all think similarly but when we put it to art form and feel well, we know what happens, man. So great job with Miss Calls. And then after Miss Calls, you have Coffin. Talk to me about Coffin. Yeah, Coffin actually almost did make the album. Ooh, why is that? I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this, all right, shout out to Dustin. Um, he went to UHart too. This kid, uh, Dustin yeah. Gross. Um, we so I got the beat from this kid called uh, it's called the California Kid. And I got this. I got this kid's contact because I was working at Brown for like Brown's in Rhode Island, right? Brown I, University. I think it's in Rhode Island. It's I think it's Brown. And we had we had worked some function there. I was doing catering, and we had worked some function there. And one of the kids worked there, and he asked me about what I do and stuff like that. I told him music, and he's like, "Oh man, my cousin makes beats. He's from Cali. Like I have to connect you guys." So he connected us and he had sent me a pack of beats. I had made a song to one of his beats already. And then I made Coffin as well. But my boy, Dustin Koyas, he was working on mixing, mastering that song. I had completely forgot about that song. And then he would hit me up on a text one day. I was like, yo, bro, what happened to this? And I was like, what happened to what? He sent me the link. And I was like, oh shit, this sounds good. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh shit, this sounds good. Like, damn. Yeah. And I went and I put it into like, I put it with the album and I listened to it with the album. I was like, oh, this works. I was like, yo, good timing, bro, because you made the album now. <laughs> you made the album um, now. Yeah, so Dustin mixed and mastered that one. Um, that song is kind of like, I had made the core hook of that song with my boy Miles in the car one day where um, I was just saying, I blink, I'm in my coffin, I think way too often. And it's just a song about overthinking and that kind of dark cycle, that dark loop you get into when you overthink. And it's like taking things for granted. Like, you know, I blink, I could be in my coffee, you know, just appreciating life at the same time. It's dark, but from my point of view and like the heart I put into it, it was more so of like, snap out of it, bro. Like snap out of it, you know, like get out of this dark place. Like it's not, it's not all and it's not end all be all stop overthinking it. Things are going to be fine. And that's kind of what that song represents. That's what it means. So it's just like a little reminder that like to live, you know, to live the life you want. Look at that, man. Look at that. Leave. Tell me the story about Leave. Leave is actually an older song. I made that when I was living in Connecticut, maybe like 2019, I think. Um, Leave was produced by Miles Elliott. That's my boy. Um, And it was mixed and mastered by uh, Dr. Cherry. It's my and if you know me, you know Dr. Cherry, my right hand man. It's my guy, Dr. Cherry. So, uh, um, that song, uh, I think it has one of my favorite lyrics I ever made. Period to this date, um, and it's if you could leave me, leave me where you found me. Mm-hmm. And it's this that song is the change of the album where it starts to where you can see me starting to get my confidence back. So like yeah. when you listen to the song throughout, like you kind of see these emotions go down and then you hit missed calls and coffin where it's like this dude is shattered, you know, like he's going through like an ego crisis or something like that. This dude is shattered, you know, and you get to leave and leave is like, you know what? Like 
I don't need this. I don't need the stress. I don't need you. Like, if you're going to leave me, leave me where you found me. Like, I'm not I'm the shit. Like, I'm not going to let you, like, you know, destroy me anymore. Like, I'm brand new now. And that's what leave represents. And, um, like, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever created. Um, purely just because of the, the sound of it. It's something I strive for, where it's, like, it's kind of sci-fi and spacey. Um... The distorted vocals and stuff. Um, and I got a dope feature from this girl, uh, Isla Will. Mm-hmm. And she's from she's from the UK. I think she's from like, I don't think she's from London, but I think she's from like uh, Manchester, around there, I think. But yeah. yeah, but she's from London and then Cherry's on it as well. And that song is one of like my personal favorites. I made it a couple of years back and um, I'm glad it got to see the light of day on this project, honestly. Look at the diversity you have had while producing this album, man. Props to you for that. Nice. I think, and again, that's why you have people hitting you up about certain tracks because, well, the people involved are all different personalities. They come from different backgrounds. Yeah. So when we cross over to leave and we focus on the prenuptial song, Famous, what are we going to learn? So Famous is, a, is like a... It's a song to kind of like a lot of the songs that I like I've made on the album are kind of songs that like me talking to myself in a sense and hoping that like someone has to deal with that same internal dialogue yeah. in their own sense. So with famous, it's like me telling myself it's like, yo, like I don't have to be what these guys are to be who I want to be. Like I don't have to be the one that's like on social media all day, every day, like capping for everybody, like making things up just to be liked by everybody. Like I don't have to do that. I don't have to be lit 24-7 like just to feel cool or seem cool like you can be cool and not do any of those things like you can do all those things and still be a shithead like you know like and famous was just like uh it's like a little reminder to keep like even though i was because at the end of this project you know i'm getting a little bit more in my bag and stuff and it was like a little bit of like an ego check where it's like or like a humble check where it's like you know man like you remember like as you do this climb as you chase these things you don't have to be any of this to impact somebody like to you don't have to do all this crap and that's what famous represents like just it stands for that like just you don't have to be you you don't need the drugs to be cool you don't need this to be cool like just do you and that's what that song about great message as always saint wave great messages as always so last but not least limitless the closing track what's the story behind it that's my shit Uh, all right limitless is the it's just fun like it's like it's like the release of all the emotion and the tension and and limitless is like where i like i put all of like my creativity in a free state on that song like with that song, it was like, I just want to be as creative as possible. I want to do exactly what I like to do on tracks where the shit's distorted. Like, I got dope-ass ad-libs that sound crazy. Like, it's relatable to, like, a Travis Scott type of song. And that's why I kind of liked it that much. Like, that much. It's like, it had a lot of texture in it. Um, but, like, the beat was produced by Miles, uh, my boy Miles. And uh, um, it was mixed and mastered by Dr. Cherry as well. And those are my guys. Like, those are like, they're like the other half of like my brain when it comes to things like miles gives me beats. I don't even know that I want till I have them. 
And then Cherry does mixing for me in ways that I don't even think about. Like, I don't even know how to process yet, but it's what I want. We go back and forth sometimes, we bump heads, but like as brothers would do, but like that, like on the overall spectrum, he knows what I'm trying to do. And it gets done on that song. Like that song is like the perfect embodiment of what I think I am as an artist. Like the things I like in sounds, um, like in what I like about it is like, it tells a little bit of like what I'm looking to achieve. Like it, so that when you get to that song, it kind of, you kind of get to hear like my goals and my, like my bravado a little bit more. Like it feels very rapid. You could tell that I became a new person by the time that song gets to it. And I felt like a new person when I was making it. Like I was in this basement. I think I took a couple tabs. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was just catching a vibe to the beat. And I just remember like making uh, the first line. It was like, since childhood, since childhood, uh, I've been trying to rock the nation. Since childhood, trying to rock the nation, like Hovewood, get my own Yonce on floor seats. I don't force it, force it. <laughs> like, like when I got to that, I was like, oh, this shit is drippy. And I was like, yeah, this shit is drippy. But that song is um, a song to remind me not to limit myself in any way especially with like my art and stuff. It's like, I know people like a certain part of me, but this project sums it up that I can do all of it on one project, you know? And you have, man. I did. And that's what that song presents. And at the end of it, it's, there's like a, there's a, um, a voice I found on YouTube of this woman just talking about how imagination is the strongest thing that a human can have. Mm-hmm. And I wanted people to hear this album who maybe did create stuff to get to the end song and be like, damn, like, I want to make an album. And nice. that's that's what I wanted. Like, I got to, the, like, I wanted at the end of it for someone to feel comfortable to make an album like this one and not like an album like, like, uh, like what they're used to hearing, like the Roddy Riches and the Migos and the Travises and stuff like that. Like, I was like, yo, like, someone like me from the suburbs who went to college and struck out at that and, like, found his whole new way like you can make stuff too like it don't matter the age and shit like that like so that's kind of what i wanted the ending to feel like and i think i accomplished that with limitless where it's like like you can't tell me anything on that song so uh yeah that's radiation in in, uh that's radiation in a nutshell the the key thing that like i wanted people to catch on to was uh the noticeable change in the textures of the song as you go through because the songs get distorted and a little bit more edited as you go through it. And that's the concept of radiation to me. That's why I named it that. It was like, it's the evolution. You can see the evolution. You can hear the evolution throughout the project. And it's like, represents like what your vibe and your aura could do to the people around you, the spaces around you and the things you bring into your life, like the law of attraction and things like that. So to be mindful of all that stuff and that's the whole whole message you know and you did it man you made that message loud and clear clear and i'm confident you are inspiring people and you know i've said it throughout the show beforehand i will in the future but your growth as an artist saint wave my great friend austin has been uh one of the coolest things i've witnessed anyone done post-grad it really has and I think you best ex- you best exemplify 
making yourself better than who you were yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So lots of props to you. And I just have two more things, obviously a traditional past questionnaire, but just what's the next steps from here? Are we going to be touring this album? Are we going to uh, keep collaborating and making more music? What's your next step, St. Wave, now that radiation is available to the masses on all streaming platforms? More music, more, 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 more music, because this this was just a precursor. So like, I got joints with people that I'm super pumped up with. Mm-hmm. Um, like I got to do, you know, this project with a lot of different people and I'm very grateful for these people that helped me out in this project and stuff. But I got projects also with like my boys, like my boys in 92, which is like the label I kind of run with, like my boys I run with. I, and uh, I got a lot of songs with them that I think the world would really enjoy. And um, I just want to make more songs with my friends and make more songs with other people. So my goal is just to use this, use this. I want to use this album for people to see that I can make anything. Yep. And uh, it'll open me up to just make more stuff with other people. So I do plan on like throwing events and uh, trying to tour the project. Um, you know, like we're kind of opening back up with like the pandemic and stuff. So yep. Yep. I do have something planned. I'm trying to plan for uh, like a show, like a party, really, in CT. Mm-hmm. I'll perform at next month. Like I think we're trying to shoot for July 16, but that could change. Um, I got that going on. And uh, Honestly, I couldn't do this project without my, uh, like my boy Javon with Jack Studios, because he's been the guy that has been helping with a lot of my visuals, and uh, like I'm gonna do a lot with him. So for what's next, I'd say just watch out for whatever me and him do, because that's gonna, like that's what I would tell you to watch out for. Like me and him are like we're like this when it comes to ideas we're both like sci-fi weirdos like we love sci-fi shit (laughs) Uh, love trippy stuff like telling stories and he's really good at that so i plan on doing a lot of stuff with jack studios and yeah so that's pretty much what's next for me right now so more music's on the way i'm dropping something soon again so well we have a great time ahead Thank you, my dude. Thank you for sharing the story and explaining what's going on. And yeah, man, please, when you have those days announced and tour dates, please let me promote them and let me know when that is all official. You already know, man. So (laughs) we got one last thing to do, my man. As we do with every first appearance on the Productive Conversations podcast, we do the process questionnaire. And, you know, I never actually mentioned this before, but I'll say for the first time in yours, the reason why the Proust questionnaire is, I think, so valuable, they say that people believe that answering these questions specifically reveals the most of his or her nature. So Mm -hmm. let's do that with you as well, my friend. You ready for the Proust questionnaire? Yep, let's do it. My first question on this, what is your favorite word? Damn, my favorite word. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's probably fuck. Fuck, really? Yeah. Why is that? A lot of emotion comes out with that word. Like Definitely. whether I'm excited or mad or frustrated, I feel like it just accurately depicts my certain mood sometimes. Like I say it often, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with. I just, it's just I say it often, so I have to go with that. Great answer. What's yeah. your least favorite word? Damn, that's tough. Least favorite word. Um, 
is my least favorite word. I guess I'm going to say, I guess the one that comes to mind is disappoint. Because I don't want to do that to anybody. So, yeah. Definitely. This is a question of fulfillment, not necessarily necessarily sexual, but a more fulfillment question. Mm -hmm. What turns you on? Adventure. Damn. The chills when you said that. No one's ever answered that. What turns you on the most in this world is adventure. I mean, can you answer that any better? What turns you off in this world? Mm. Um, judgment. Because you're usually wrong. Damn fucking straight. What sound or noise do you love? <laughs> mm. What sound or noise do I love? Honestly, baby's laughing. That's <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> the begin- that's the beginning of it all, right? Yeah, like makes like you just I just can't like it don't matter what mood you're in. If you see a baby laughing, you have to laugh. A, tr- <laughs> a true laugh too. Yeah, like, you have to laugh. Like, what's so funny? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's so funny? You know, so I think I go with like baby's laughing because when my godson used to laugh, it used to make me cry. Like, I just laughed at him. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Oh man, um, nails on the chalkboard. Oh my god, no, 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 squeaky sneakers when like after rain and you go inside. Yep. Oh my god, that noise is the most annoying thing in the world to me. Like, <laughs> oh my god, get opposed to that. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what have been funny if you said something else like? another one but <laughs> but man what profession other than your own would you like to attempt are you going to be a rapper actor <laughs> um maybe writer like i like i want to do like i, I want i'd rather be like behind the camera i can Ooh, do a like, filmmaker it'd be nice. cool to, yeah it'd be cool to not as, i don't know necessarily filmmaking but uh writing Oh yeah, screenwriting and stuff. Yeah, more like writing. Um, I like to be on the writing team with other people, like making That's awesome stuff like that. So I like to do that, or um, either that or archaeology, like Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either that or archaeology. It'd be cool to just go around and dig stuff up. Good answer. What yeah. profession would you not like to do? My least profession. Oh, definitely doctor. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a hard job. That's a really hard job. Like I couldn't do that. We appreciate our healthcare workers who do have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't work in a doctor's office. Like, cause like when something, it's one thing to check up on people. It was another thing when you have to tell something that like they might not make it or something. Like, I can never have the heart to do that. Like, yeah, that's, that's a great point there. And uh, we just appreciate who do help us. My last question for today, say wave is if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hmm. Heaven exists. Well, like God, <laughs> that radiation slaps. <laughs> <laughs> you did well, my son. With that. <laughs> Yo, man, what a time. I knew it was going to be an hour and a half of just, 
genuine connection, man. Thank you for a great productive conversation. Is there anything else you have to say before we go? Man, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for doing what you're doing. I think uh, you have an idea that can really expand into something that uh, I think the people would appreciate. Just because you're talking to like a variety of people, like like any like anyone from like like people who just fresh out of school to whoever, and I feel like you having a platform like that, it gives people a chance to find. The, like who they need to find to get info from you know what i mean yeah. like maybe i had to hear something from someone who's 19 that's going through something versus the person that's 33 and like doing really well in his career or something like that but maybe the 19 year old kid that's like trying to figure his stuff out might say something profound for someone you know so i think that's the cool thing about what you're doing and if my main message would just be don't limit yourself to like what who you can talk to and what things you could try with it so Dude, that's very kind. You, you, you inspired me too. Let's keep staying on the track. Let's keep moving forward and make sure we don't keep ourselves limitless. And with that, that's my great friend, St. Wave. Again, you can find Radiation on all streaming platforms, including Bandbox, Spotify, Bandcamp. YouTube, excuse me, including Bandcamp, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, soon to be Pandora, yeah. <laughs> anywhere where we can bump this album especially SoundCloud that's yeah. where you can find the great St. Waves first album Radiation thank you again bump that shit all year every day every day all year every day like that's it <laughs> and we know what doubt will do it alright we'll see you soon St. Wave and thank all you right. so much for another classic all show alright Matty B stay up nothing but see you brother later That's my buddy, St. Wave. Again, great job on the show. Fantastic album that you have to listen to on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and anywhere where you can get your music. And we are so excited to see where you are coming up and where you're going to be. That's my buddy, St. Wave. Be, out, be on the lookout for him. He's going to be somebody someday. So that's it. We will complete this podcasting week. Just a heads up, everybody. The show returns on Tuesday instead of Monday of next week. And the reason for that is we are covering the NBA playoffs as we have been for the past month. And this time we are covering the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We're going to preview that reflect on the conference semifinals, and see where everything unfolds. And then on Thursday's episode, we have the great Gabe Yifu coming back for his third appearance to talk about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Not really, but it's going to be a nice deep conversation as always with maybe some of the elements we just said. But a fun week of shows in store next week, and you do not want to miss it. And then we have some more incredible shows to premiere after that. Let's hope the Yankees turn it around. Let's hope the people continue to be safe. And for all you graduating this week, the week before, or the prior weeks before, or in the future, congratulations to our grads, the class of 2021. And I'm proud to say that my youngest brother is a part of that. So I'm off to enjoy graduation and celebrate with my family. I hope you are off to an incredible weekend ahead. Continue to do the right thing. Make people happy. And uh, let's continue to make this world proud. So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Peace.